Des Moines. Live from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk, it's an X's and O's update on 1460 KXNO. I'm Trent Condon. Iowa State picked up win number one of the Big 12 Conference season, a 69-63 road victory over Oklahoma State. Lindell Wigginton led the way for the Cyclones with a clutch three. Catch and shoot. Wigginton on the money. Iowa State opens the marathon that is Big 12 Conference play with a victory on the road, 69-63 the final. The call from ESPN News. Missouri Valley Conference play last night. Drake fell in double overtime to Evansville, 82-77. Grad transfer senior guard Nick Norton lost in that game with a knee injury. You and I picked up win one in the MVC, 65-47 on the road at Bradley. Tonight, the Hawkeyes look to get their first Big Ten Conference victory as they travel to Purdue. The Hawkeyes currently an eight-point underdog. This I know. Better? Way better. Welcome back. It's Miller and Condon. You're listening to Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. We're glad you're with you. we got another hour to go. A busy hour at that. We will talk to David Kaplan coming up here in about 15 minutes. Cappy. Now, full disclosure with Cappy and full disclosure with Paul Allen. Both of these two uh, A-plus guests are both on the radio at the same time as Trent and I. So we have to tape these very early in the morning uh, with Cappy and with PA. Tomorrow we're going to have Paul Allen. Uh, he will recap the uh, Viking season. We'll take a look at the at the playoffs from an NFC perspective from Paul Allen. What went wrong with the Vikings? Did you hear what may be about to go wrong with the Vikings? And there's a whole lot of Vikings fans, Trent, that are, okay, this is the last, now I don't believe them uh-huh. for a minute, but I'm hearing a lot of this is the last straw. If Zimmer hires Hugh Jackson, I'm, Ooh. I'm done. <laughs> I'm Walking not. away. Walk, now, it's never going to happen. It's you like don't, a blackjack you do, dealer, hands up. Yeah, but that's, that's one thing. It's in a whole different thing to leave a team you've rooted for, in a lot of people's uh, cases, decades. Just because you... Uh, you're the offensive coordinator's hired is not a guy to your liking. I don't understand the move. They must have worked together in Cincinnati, right? Yes. They had to have. Yeah, there's overlap there. Sure there is. Uh, Zimmer was, um, and there's a lot of people are on uh, Lewis's staff over the 16 years. Is that what it was there? Wow. He was there a long time. Might have been, it's double digits for sure, uh, but it came to an end and understandably. So I don't think you want a playoff game. I don't think you want a playoff game. Got him there, though. Did. And, yep, did. For what they were. The laughing stock of the league. Step I mean, they they forward. were the punchline in a lot of jokes, a yes, lot of absolutely. sports jokes. The Clippers or the Bengals, right? Remember those, no, and not just sports jokes. I mean, the Jay Leno's of the world be telling yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Um, but Paul Allen's going to join us. What went wrong with the Vikings? I I thought it was all set up for him. I did. I mm-hmm. thought the Kirk Cousins hire or, or, or signing rather was was brilliant. Um, Mm, maybe not quite as good. Look, I don't know if any of the three options that they had last year was going to be the right answer. Case Keenum, as a guy who watched all 16 Denver Bronco games this year, he's okay. He's not going to lead you anywhere, I don't think, although they got to the NFC Championship and he did get the ball to Diggs for the Minnesota Miracle. There was a lot of that on my drive home from the game, Vikings-Bears game Sunday. People wanting Case Keenum? A lot of, why did we spend money on Cousins? That was number one. In case Keenum would have done a lot more with this football team, no, he wouldn't have. That's 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 a misnomer. I don't believe he would have. 
It was a perfect confluence of events a year ago. Mm-hmm. And did so without Dalvin Cook, let's not forget. Right. You know? Um, that offensive line took another huge step backwards. They have to address that. And another draft. shocking thing, listening to the Minnesota fan base, they're ready for Rick Spielman to be out. Oh, whoa. Mm. There was a lot of that. I understand. He's the one that made the decision, ultimately, to bring in Cousins. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of the Yanks comes. But look at that roster that he has built. Look at the way that he's drafted. Look at the finds that he's had later on in the draft. In Two missed. years ago, they, they mined the draft. They didn't. Wasn't two years ago or two or three years ago, they didn't have a first-round pick. I thought they did great. Yes. They bought a lot of guys. That was a Pat Eiflein draft where he was, what, fourth or fifth round? Um, they got some guys. Look, 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 let's be honest. Mike, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, they have to win next year. There's no doubt. They have to win next year. I want to spend a couple of minutes on this before we get Cappy in here. Cappy's coming up in about 10 minutes or so. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible for us to speak with the Cap Man on a weekly basis, and we're grateful for that. Um, you know, in any month of the season, you, there's always a topic percolating over there, um, and Cappy's going to join us on a weekly basis. Uh, and then he'll do so for the first time, at least on back on Kicks in about 10 minutes. I want to talk about Nick Norton, who I want to do a couple of things. And we touched on this briefly yesterday. I can't recall, and you reminded me, and you were right when you reminded me, um, it's been since 2008, since Drake was a talker on on any show. No doubt. That, that had any modicum of relevance. And, and, I, and I don't think it was Sandy Hatfield Club burnout, although I don't think she was real popular amongst the media. And when... The sad passing of former colleague um, Larry Kotler this summer that necessitated mm-hmm. uh, a new play-by-play guy. We were both scratching our heads as to, wait a second, you're telling me that of all the guys that have play-by-play experience, you're going to bring a guy, hire a guy that has no play-by-play experience? I mean, how does that interview go? You know, you sit down in front of the AD. Well, what have you done? Well, I've never done play-by-play before. <laughs> right. Well, good. You're hired. Yeah. You're our guy. And at the time, you're thinking, what in the world is he thinking? But you know what? Sometimes you got to think out of the box. Sometimes you have to be willing to lay your you-know-what's on the line and take the criticism that's going to come from it. Because a lot of times, you're going to be rewarded. Michael Admire hiring was a stroke of genius. They won the press conference. One, and they've won every single thing since then, Trent. Yep. Every single time. Now, I get, and I'm sure that this had a huge role in the decision process over there. If you hire Michael Admire, who's friends with Keith Murphy, who's friends with John Sears, who's friends with Chris Williams, with Ross Peterson, with everybody in the media, you've you've got a leg up. And... You know, you you can learn play by play. At least that's that's the thought process behind it on the fly. But it's more than that. And Drake needs more than that to become relevant in this market. And I I said this to you many times up the dial. I've said it to you a couple of times since we've been, you know, in hiatus waiting for the month. That can you recall Drake ever getting this much conversation, this much buzz about anything? They've got it. And sadly, last night they got it because. Is he their best player? Yeah. I mean, yes. McGlynn's a really nice player, but yes. Nick Norton, grad transfer from where? UAB? UAB, UAB, yeah. who was, 
I think really going to leave his mark in one year on Forest Avenue inside the Missouri Valley Conference. And Trent, you saw the video, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's been any announcement today. I'm trying to stay off Twitter during the show. Okay. And, and so I haven't... That's your new thing? That's what, I've already broke one resolution. There, oh. there was two. I was going to try and stay off Twitter uh-huh. or, or you know, not as much, maybe not go into the reacts because they're nasty. People are nasty. Um <laughs> nasty um but i was going to stay off that i was also going to try and you know cut back on beer how'd that go for you? not well three days in no one i didn't make it through the first yeah yeah um went through the whole year though having a beer last year right missed one day missed one day and i gotta miss one day this year because i got a colonoscopy coming up in april can you make it two no well well, yeah we're gonna try look it's not like i I sit down and drink a 12 pack and i drink two or three beers but at 60 you probably should cut that back and i'm doing my best but uh, Nick Norton, um, you saw the video, Trent. That does not look good. No, and, and, and he called right away. Help, help, help. Yeah, it's concerning when you see that interim. We haven't heard anything. Normally, at this point, it would be had the scare, took a look at it. It's not an ACL. It's whatever it may be. I think we're going to be getting a press release. I'm sure sometime today from Drake, torn ACL mm-hmm. surgery coming in the coming weeks, and career is over. His career is over. I do believe, though, that he is going to work his way into coaching. I have heard that. Have you? And what a perfect place it'd be to be able to yeah. do it here at Drake. Do it. Place that he has Iowa connections. His dad was down at UAB as a women's basketball coach, and, and that was one of the reasons he was down there. But with all the Iowa connections now that are on this Drake staff, I think that'd be a great landing spot for him. And well, really, he'll get a jump start, I guess, in his coaching career. Yeah, have you seen the attempt? I mean, the team is playing very well. They were what uh, eleven and I don't know what eleven and four, eleven and three, yeah. something like that. They were off to a really good start. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't say that a lot. You haven't been able to say that a lot uh, in the last few years. But Drake's starting to, you know, to show up on that relevancy meter a little bit here, and we'll, we hope that they can keep it going. Um, Loyola pays a visit to the Nap Center this weekend. They're not as good as they were last year. No. Last year they caught lightning in a bottle. It was one of the one of the stories of college basketball last year. Was asking a lot for them to even come close to duplicating that this year. But what can they be without um, their best player? What can Drake be without their best players? Still in this year's MVC, the MVC has taken a big step back. And really, the first couple of weeks of the season, it looked pretty good. The Loyola's fallen off. Illinois State has not been as advertised. Southern Illinois is expected to be a little bit better, just as a whole. Did the Panthers win last night? They did. Yeah. They went on the road and beat Bradley, and Bradley was supposed to be one of the teams, certainly in the upper half. And you and I looked dreadful going yeah. into that game. MVC is way down. But you know what Drake, Drake was... Drake can still finish in the top half. Well, and that's, what I, that's where I was going to go. You know where Drake was trending towards, don't you? Not having to play on Thursday. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Drake Invitational would be no more. It's, it was about to come to an end, no doubt about it. Well, we, we wish Nick Norton the best and uh, hope for good news, kind of be surprised if there is good news. Uh, this comes it's Just watching him you know, on the floor last night, it just seemed like, oh boy, this isn't going to end well. A couple of minutes, Trent. On, uh, we're going to do a lot, obviously, on the Bears and the Eagles game coming up. Which of the other three... Of the other three, I know your Bears, obviously, and for all the right reasons, you're a fan, uh, is going to hold your attention more than any of the others. But what of the other three, uh, uh, Indianapolis, Houston, Seattle, Dallas, the Chargers, and the Ravens, what's going to be the best game? I think the last of them that you said, I, I just have a feeling that Chargers-Baltimore game, down to the wire, making a play. We talked about Lamar Jackson yesterday. Can he make a throw or two throws if necessary? 
I think that's just one that trends to go down to the wire. I can see Seattle going in and I think they're going to absolutely run away from the, the snot out of the Cowboys. And vice versa, I could see the same thing. You could with the Cowboys? I could. I could see them winning 24-7. Really? That defense is pretty good. good. Yeah. And it's at home and that offensive line yeah. suddenly that's played so well for Seattle kind of mm-hmm. reverts back to mm-hmm. the norm possibility there. Indianapolis, Houston, I think there's going to be points. And, and when there's points, ESPN, boy, they get the short end of the stick every single year. That's an awful draw. Houston has won the division three of the last four years. Have they played in the Saturday opener 330? Yes, every single year. Every single year. It certainly seems like that to me. And they make it. It's no. like a right, a right of uh, January. Get well, ready. The, yeah. Saturday, your playoffs will start with the Houston Texans. And, and go ahead, ESPN. And you can go there early because you know that that's where ESPN gets the first playoff game every year. Mm-hmm. And then they're done. They get Monday night football. That's what their contract is right now. They get Monday night football and they get the first, they get one playoff game, which is always the first wild card game of the weekend, which always is the least compelling of those games. And I think this one ends, uh, is clearly falling into that. You know, one thing on Dallas, you know who had a really good year? And, and to be honest, I don't think you and I spend a whole lot of time watching Boise State football. I mean, we probably catch them maybe once or twice during, mm-hmm. and maybe and in most cases not. How about uh, Leighton Vander Esch? What a player this kid's be- become. Sean Lee has played his... I mean, I don't know if he's going to play in the playoff game or not. Mm-hmm. Sean Lee's career as a Dallas Cowboy, because it has everything to do with it, Van Der Esch is better than Sean Lee is right now. Sean Lee can't stay on the field, which, you know, disappointing. Uh, but Leighton Van Der Esch is as good a rookie, I think, defensively as there is in the league, and there's some good ones. They, The Cowboys have had two picks recently that were laughed at. That... Being one of them. Mm-hmm. And then a few years back, you already have a great offensive line and you're drafting another offensive lineman, a center? What was it? The kid from Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Uh, well, Zach Martin? or No. No, uh, before that. Frederick. Uh, Travis, Travis Frederick, Frederick, yes. Who was incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Maybe, are we a little too hard on Jerry Jones? Look, I'm not a Cowboys. Mm, I think he's backer, got better. I think he's got better, but um, you can you can poke some holes in his drafts over the years. I think you can look. He did look at. Nobody thought he should give up a, a first round pick for Amari Cooper, right. and he probably did overpay. But w- would this team be in the playoffs without what what Cooper's brought to this team? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, I mean, he single handedly won them at least one game, mm-hmm. if not two, mm-hmm. and it it's helped out the whole offense. Zeke Elliott's still the. Most dynamic player, obviously, of that offense, mm-hmm. but you got to have help. They do. Cooper helped a lot. Uh, we will talk to David Kaplan when we come back. We'll do a lot on the Bears and the Eagles. We will get into the Cubs, uh, some of their offseason plays. You know what I'm going to ask him about as well? Does it, is it just me, or does it seem like the Cardinals have made some hay? Have they made uh, some ripples in the MLB hot stove season? I believe they have. Have they closed the gap on the Brewers and the Cubs? Not ready to go there quite yet. But I think the Cardinals are um, about to become a major pain in the you-know-what again in uh, in a really good division. It really is. The Central Division um, with those three teams. If the Cardinals do hold up their end of the bargain. Brewers aren't going anywhere. Cubs aren't going anywhere. Cardinals back in the mix. Cards, Cubs again. Meaningful? Okay, I'll sign for that. We'll take a timeout. David Kaplan joins us next. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes that possible. Trent Condon and myself, we're Miller and Condon. We're here every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon. We're glad you're with us and hope you'll stay with us uh, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO.
right, welcome back as we continue on here. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNOs. We take you up until noon. Well, as we said yesterday, grateful to have our next guest, one of our really long time. I think first found Cabby back in 1999 when I first got the internet uh, over at the jock and I was trying to figure out, well, I got to expand the horizons a little bit. And I found WGN and I clicked on the link and I found their sports guys and there was David Kaplan and I reached out to him via email for the very first time and I was surprised when he got back to me and well, basically, we've talked weekly ever since. You're burying the lead. You guys had internet at the jack in 99? No, maybe 2000, but I think it was 99. <laughs> Cappy, how are you? Good to talk to you, pal. Yeah, you were way more advanced than we were at WGN, I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, regardless of how we connected, it's great that we continue to connect each and every week, and Centurion Stone of Iowa uh, is making that possible. Cappy, uh, happy new year, first of all, to you. Uh, congratulations on your success in the Windy City media-wise, but, you know, I guess let's start well let's start with the here and now and that's the bears we will get to the cubs and we'll you know they're off season so far and bryce harper is he and or isn't he but this bears team you're a big strong believer throughout the regular season in fact you made your way to the desert and hammered the over uh, as far as the season win total which i think was six and a half you knew uh, middle of october you were home free why did you believe in this team cap when seemingly few others did as we go back to even prior to the season uh, and happy, healthy New Year to everybody listening. I always love being on with you guys. You know that. Uh, here was how I did this. Last January, after they hired Matt Nagy, and I made a few calls, and I got some good intel that they were going to hand the checkbook to the GM and let him spend what he needed to spend, and they were going to be active, and this coach was going to be a real good match with Mitchell Trubisky. I looked at went, okay, they've got a ton of cap space they're going to spend. They're picking number eight in the first round. They're going to get a really good, impactful player, whether that's Quentin Nelson on their own line, Roquan Smith, and it turned out to be the linebacker. And then you factor in they had a top ten defense a year ago without Roquan Smith, without Khalil Mack. So I made these predictions well before Khalil Mack ever arrived. I just looked at the team and felt, good coach, quarterback's going to emerge. They're going to spend money in free agency, which means they're going to get him some weapons. Yeah, I really believe in this team. Now, did I think they'd go 12-4 and four and have a chance to win the Super Bowl? No. But I certainly thought they would be a nine-win team, and that's, you know, obviously fell short. of. They're way past that. This football team cap has won nine out of their last ten games. They continue to play that defense at a high level. The offense has been good enough. Yet with the Saints and the Rams to a certain extent, it doesn't feel like nationally they're getting a whole lot of love. Is that justified or you being closer to the situation? Do you, do you have some concerns yourself, not just winning a game, beating the Eagles on Sunday, but, but doing more than that in this playoff? You're talking about for Mitch? For the team as a whole. For the te- Well, I mean, look, every great journey starts with the first step. And you know, there have been people that have been tweeting or calling in on the radio today saying, you should have fell down to the Minnesota Vikings and allowed them to come in here and then beat them up. Look, Matt Nagy stands in front of 53 guys, and he asks, asks them to please give him everything they've got, and they do that. So now he's supposed to stand in front of those same 53 and go, hey, this week I need you to lay down. No shot. It's never going to happen. They went up there to win a football game. They got it done. They're a far superior team this year to the Minnesota Vikings. And now this is the journey. You've got to beat Philadelphia. Then you've got to go to L.A. and you've got to beat L.A. 
And then who knows? Maybe Seattle or Dallas beats New Orleans. Not out of the realm of possibility. And if you're still standing, you're hosting to go to the Super Bowl. So we'll see where this whole journey goes, but hopefully it's a long and fun run for all of us. You know, when you when you uh, went to the uh, to calls earlier today, Cap, what's kind of the you know the pulse amongst Bears fans as far as the Foles factor, the the fear maybe the the Foles fear factor? Uh, Nick Foles, you've seen what he's done last year. He carried his team to a Super Bowl when he got his opportunity. Last two weeks have been very big wins. Now he's banged up, but what do, what is it about Nick Foles that scares some Bears fans, including the one that I work with on a daily basis? So what is it about the Eagles that scares me? Look, Nick Foles on the biggest stage under the brightest lights in American sports performed at an otherworldly level a year ago and was the Super Bowl MVP. Then it wasn't like they won that game 13-7. to They had to score and score big, and they did it. So this team has a ton of experience. This team has a quarterback who has done that. Now there's a reason that he's a backup quarterback because other than the one-year when he went 27 touchdowns to two interceptions, he has never proven he can be the guy that you hand the football to and go, hey, big guy, go get him. You're there for all 16. He's never been able to do that. So he comes in here. He's playing good football. He's got a good team. Their secondary is as banged up as any secondary in the NFL. That is where I think the Bears can make some plays. That would then open things up for them to be able to run the football. So I think it's different where you use the run to open the pass. I think they're going to use the pass and take some shots down the field to open up the run. So the Bears got long back uh, for the Week 17 game, helping solidify that offensive line. The interior, though, they're going to have their hands full with Fletcher Cox. Is that baby, And when you talk about one-on-one with James Daniels, of course he's going to be getting help on both sides. But when you look at individual matchups, rookie James Daniels against Fletcher Cox, Cox, is is that one that might be the most concerning from a Bears perspective? Yeah, but then what you'll have to do is you're going to have to chip with a back. You're going to have to you know, keep a tight end in at times and see if you can get some help. Uh, look, Fletcher Cox is a great football player. He is. And I, there's no way I can tell you that he's not, and he's going to make some plays. He's got 10 sacks. He's very, very talented. And they're going to have to get James Daniels to play his best game. He's a really good player, and Fletcher Cox is a good player. They handled Aaron Donald. I think they can handle Fletcher Cox. Mm, they did do a nice job on that. Aaron Donald. James Daniels had a big, big role in that. Well, Cap, let's let's say they do advance uh, to the divisional round uh, next next weekend. Who don't the Bears want to see? Who's the worst matchup? Would it be the Cowboys? Who well, I don't think they'll beat Seattle. Um, who who would you would you say you don't want to see in the next round? Assuming the Bears win. Well, the next round you're going to get the Rams. If you win, you're going to L.A. And that's just a fact. So mm, yeah, if you true, win, man. you go to L.A. Yep. The other side of the bracket, that winner is going to go to New Orleans. Right. Uh, you've beaten the Rams. This is not the same Rams team that we saw. But you beat them in Chicago on a cold day. You did. But it's not the same Rams team that was the best team in football right. six, eight weeks ago. It's just not. And so I look at this team and feel... Look, it's going to be a challenge, but again, if you're going to be a Super Bowl champ, I don't think you're getting the Raiders and the Bengals and the Jets on the schedule. You're going to have to go beat good people, and I think they can do that. Now, that journey has to start with the first step on Sunday. How much longer can Mitchell Trubisky play as the type of runner that he is? One read, 
to read run the football. Can he can he get away with that for another year, two years? Is that something that has to end as soon as next season? When you look at him and his development and what he can do with those legs, what do you think he's going to be going forward as a quarterback? Uh, I, You know, I'm a huge Mitchell Trubisky guy. I think he's going to be a really good player. It's just going to take some time. He has got to be, you know, a guy who learns as he goes on to go through his progressions. I think he's been better than a one-read quarterback. I do. I watched the tape again from the Minnesota game a week ago. He went through his progressions and did a really nice job. He made a really, really sensational throw to Kevin White, who made a great catch. He made a really good throw to Javon Wims, who made a really nice catch. He made a great throw under duress where he's getting pressured and he throws it down the field and Taylor Gabriel catches it down at the one-yard line. He's made big plays, and I think he can continue to do that. Is he a finished product? By no means, but I do think he's good enough that you can win with him on Sunday. Mm. Cap, let's go to baseball. Uh, David Kaplan joining us. He's brought to us by our friends at Centurion Stone of Iowa. I want to ask you about Cubs cards first of all. Card, uh, Cubs in a minute, but the Cardinals have um, they made some noise here in this offseason. Cappy Goldschmidt is a really nice player, as you know. Andrew Miller was a really good player. Um, you know, I'm not sure he's the same guy, but they signed him to a two-year deal. Cardinals have made some noise this offseason. Your impression on the uh, on the rival St. Louis Cardinals? They've done a really good job. Now they had the you know opportunity to be able to go spend some money because they didn't sign you Darvish or they didn't sign Brandon Morrow or um, Tyler Chatwood or Jason Hayward or any of these other guys. The Cubs have spent their money. They've got to get something for that money this year. They've got to have you know, a healthy Brandon Morrow at some point in May. They've got to have a healthy Hugh Darvish from day one. You know, that rotation, if he's healthy, that rotation the Cubs have is by far, for me, the best in the division. I like their lineup. I like their rotation. I'm highly concerned about their bullpen. That's what scares me. And they've got to go find someone... I'm not telling you they're going to sign Zach Britton for huge money or Craig Kimbrell, but there's got to be an arm out there that can, in a pinch, close until they get Morrow back, along with Strope, and then you can use him as an elite setup guy. Somebody like that has to be out there. Let's say they do get Bryce Harper, and it happens, and it surprises people, and it goes down. What does the lineup look like? Is there a trade that follows afterwards? Is there other moving pieces here? What does the Cubs lineup look like as it's currently constructed with Bryce Harper in there? Uh, it's never going to happen. <laughs> okay. okay. Never going to happen unless you know someone that's going to take on Jason Hayward's money. Mm-hmm. There is no chance that they're getting Bryce Harper. I, I will be stunned. I'll come on here and admit I was wrong if they get him, but I just don't see how that would possibly be, be something even remotely possible. I don't get it. So I just look at where their money is. They're north of $200 million, mm. and I just don't see them spending that on Bryce Harper. Mm. Couple more, a couple more minutes with David Kapp, and we'll let you go. Cap Addison Russell, I don't think either one of us, all three of us, thought he was uh, played his last game as a Cub, but apparently that's not the case. How big of a surprise is that? Say the question again. Addison Russell's still a Cub. Are you surprised? Um, look, I talked to someone up there recently, like very recently, and they believe that Addison Russell being a underperforming player, I guess is the best way I can put it, for the last couple of seasons, 
makes it easier to do what they're doing because if it was their best player, everyone would be like, sure, you're only doing it because it's your best player. They want to be part of the solution, not just push him off on someone else. And I think that's an admirable stance. I do. They believe, look, this happened on our watch. We've got to be better at training people here. We've got to help both Addison's ex-wife and Addison. And there's no guarantee he's ever going to play another game for the Cubs. Mm. They've set some really strict parameters on what he has to do to have that opportunity. He may not be able to live up to that. Maybe he will. I know he's been going through intense therapy. And uh, these sessions, Theo and Jed have said, these are mandatory. It's not, well, maybe you ought to go get a little counseling. Like they are really, I think the whole organization is undergoing uh, domestic violence training, how to help how to recognize it in your own situations, everything. They want every aspect of this covered, which I think is admirable. Again, if he truly did what he's being accused of doing, I know he accepted his punishment, but there's never really been, yes, I did this. Uh, If he truly did that, I couldn't in good conscience have him wear my uniform again. Last thing for you, Cap. Uh, Fred Hoiberg, did he need to go and was it his fault? No, it was not his fault. I told you guys a long time ago I did not think this was going to work out. You and I have been friends a long time. You did. I told you I did not think this would work out. Fred is a wonderful human being. Fred is a very, very intelligent basketball mind. Uh, They called him up and said, hey, we'll pay you $5 million a year. Come to Chicago. We'll get Big Bad Tibbs out of here, and you can win with this roster. And he got here and went, whoa. What happened to the Mercedes you told me I'd be driving? This thing's more like a Yugo or a smart car. Hey, we want a coach that pace in space and is going to let guys shoot threes. Not one guy on the roster was what you would call a three-point specialist. Didn't go get him one. Then you go get Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo. Mm. That failed miserably. Then you got Jimmy Butler. You decide to trade him, and you're going to tank last season. Certainly not Fred's fault. And then this year, I thought, he really doesn't have a chance. They're starting to get a little bit better. Oh, wow, Lowry Markkinen's down. Oh, wow, Zach Levine dead. This happened to him. Oh, knee injuries for Dunn and Portis. No, it was not Fred's fault. It was just a doomed marriage from day one. Cappy, great to reconnect with you. Thank you very much for what you do. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thank you, Cap. All the best. Good to Happy talk to you. Happy New Year, yeah. dude. David Kaplan. Uh, ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago. He's brought to us by our friends at Centurion Stone. Centurion Stone, check them out online. Centurion Stone of Iowa. Trent and I both spent some time last week in their showroom on uh, in Northeast 22nd Street. You were blown away, weren't you? You had no idea. No, well, nor did I, to be no, fair. No, it is upscale. Mm-hmm whatever direction you want to head, and, well, you know it well in your home. Well, we've got uh, two fireplaces, both of them adorned with Centurion stone. Uh, the outside the of all of the uh, the condos at uh, Otter Creek are all adorned with Centurion stone. What they can do for the value of their home, don't underestimate if a, uh, if a project, if that sort of project is on your agenda for 2019. Centurion stone of Iowa.com, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street. Check out the showroom, folks. Just spectacular. We will take a timeout. We'll continue on. You're going to switch some gears. More NFL conversation coming up. Trent and I are with you until noon. We're glad you're with us. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Auto This is 1460 KXNO.
All right, welcome back. It's Miller and Condon. Final segment of the program is brought to us by our friends at uh, FullerFamilyDentistry.com. Two locations, 2822 East 29th Street in Des Moines, 410 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. If you're new to the area or if you've... You know, you've moved from the west side of town out to Altoona or you've relocated to the east side. You don't want to make that trek all the way over. Uh, looking for a new dentist, highly recommend my dentist, Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerfamilydentistry.com, 2822 East 29th Street, Des Moines, 410 8th Street, Southwest in Altoona. This time tomorrow, we'll be playing for the barbecue. More about that after we talk to Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog. It's the Bears and the Eagles. In a classic NFC matchup, three versus six Sunday afternoon. It will put a capper on the wild card weekend. Jeff Trenton, Ken, thanks for uh, coming on. How are you, Jeff Hughes? I am doing well. It is eight years since the Bears have been in the postseason, and I'm just happy to not be writing the <laughs> five things we have to learn from the teams that are alive in the playoffs column. Right, or like uh, fans of the other uh, teams, the other 20 teams that didn't make it, we're already moved on to mock draft season. Oh. Man, I'm so happy. Not only am I happy to not be dealing with the draft yet, but I don't even have a draft to deal with this year because the Bears don't pick Excellent until point. like seven days into it. And, so. and they couldn't be happier for that decision, right? I mean, is that single-handedly? And I don't think that's really fair. Khalil Mack is a terrific player. He is. I mean, I it's, it's him or Aaron Donald for me is the two most dominant, def- and uh, no offense to J.J. Watt or Von Miller, and I'm a Broncos fan. It's Khalil Mack and it's Aaron Donald. It's in, in either order. But is he the biggest reason they are where they are? Is it Nagy? Is it Trubisky? Who would you, I mean, what what would you say, Jeff? It's, it's, it's either Mac or it's Nagy. And with Mac, this was already a good defense. This was a top 10 unit last year, except they lacked explosive plays. They didn't get to the quarterback all too frequently. They certainly didn't pick the ball off in the secondary. He's changed the entire dynamic of the unit. Every team now, when they sit down on Tuesday and Wednesday to prepare for the Bears, start with Khalil Mack. Everything goes into stopping Khalil Mack. That's freed up Leonard Floyd. That's freed up Akeem Hicks. That's freed up Roquan Smith on the blitz. And it's forced all these quarterbacks to get the ball out of their hands before they want to. And that's why you have a almost legendary number of interceptions, and they're returning a lot of them for touchdowns. It has been remarkable what Mack has done. But Nagy can't be discounted here. He has changed the entire culture of this franchise which really needed a culture change. He has invigorated a fan base that by the end of last year was so checked out on the Chicago Bears, the building was empty in December. Uh, Those two guys, I think, right now are responsible for where this team is. And again, they're both on the Bears because of GM Ryan Pace. They're both in this organization because Ryan Pace has finally become the GM to get it right. With that, Ryan Pace, the decision to go out and get Mac. This is a guy that came into the year with his head on a platter. Is that fair to say? And and the job that he's done late in drafts, finding some of these gems. You know, my concern and question always for you, Jeff, we know he can spot talent, but there's more than just spotting talent, being a good GM. It's building a team. It feels like he is he's figured out that avenue too. If he wouldn't have got it done this year, do you think Ryan Pace would be out of work? I think he would have been in some trouble if this team went 5-11 and this year. But what, what was really his tenure in Chicago was all going to depend upon Mitch Trubisky and the coach. Okay, He hired John Fox, but that was a team decision. That was an organizational decision. 
Matt Nagy is his guy. Mitch Trubisky is his guy. So his success would be determined on whether that coach and that quarterback worked out. And after one year, Ryan Pace may be here for a long time because mm-hmm. they seem to have the coach and quarterback combo right. And, I, and he's built a roster of mid-round picks that this is something the Bears just historically in the last 20 years have not been able to do, to build a foundation through the draft, not have to go out and spend on free agents, They're signing their own guys, which we just haven't seen in a long time. And giving up a couple of first-round picks for Khalil Mack, there was debate about it at the time. There is no debate about it anymore. There's not a Bears fan alive who wants those picks back. The guy's a game-changer, and it took a gutsy GM to make the move. You know, I don't remember who said it. Trent and I talked a lot about it. Uh, they essentially traded two first-round picks for a gold jacket, and, that, yeah. uh, and that's, that's what happened. You know, Jeff, what, does anything – well, I guess what worries you most about this team? Me, I don't know what it is. Cody Parkey wor- worries me a little bit. I mean, can, can you trust him in a big spot? I mean, I'm not talking about all the, the extra points that day that just – I mean, that'll never happen again, at least you wouldn't think. Are you confident in Parkey is – I hate to say the weakest link, but what worries you? Well, I don't think Cody Parkey's good in a small spot, never mind a big spot. <laughs> I think Cody Parkey is the weakest link on this team. And if it comes down to a big field goal, 48 yards to win a playoff game – I don't think there's a Bears fan alive who thinks he'll make the kick. He's just not been good this year. And it'd be one thing, but the, the hitting the uprights thing is so bizarre. But as Adam Johns, who writes for the Sun-Times, says, it just seems like he's taking out his nine iron instead of just plowing through the football and putting it through the uprights. He's trying to guide the ball. And especially at Soldier Field, where the wind can really howl there on the lakefront, you've got to go with the strength kick and just knock it through the uprights. He is certainly. And there are some other guys you would be concerned about as, we, as the spot gets bigger and bigger, but Parkey is the only player on this roster right now who I think is a net negative, and that is another testament to how good Ryan Pace has been. You know, as you go through this matchup with Philadelphia, the first thing, and I talked about this a bit yesterday, Jeff, was the interior of the line. The, the guards with long back, you're feeling good, but it's a rookie James Daniels going up against this Philly front, and they disrupt and they get after the quarterback. How concerns you, James Daniels, making his first career start in a playoff game here? It's the biggest matchup of the game for the Bears. The interior of their offensive line against Fletcher Cox and against Tim Jernigan. And I'll tell you, if they win that battle, the same way they won that battle against Aaron Donald when they played the Rams, if they win that battle, I think they're going to have a very good day offensively. The, the trick for James Daniels is going to be just not to get too, too crazed by the spotlight. Uh, with Kyle Long back, there's less pressure on Daniels than there was against Aaron Donald. But the thing about the Eagles' defense is the back end, their secondary, these are guys they were pulling off the street yeah. six weeks ago. These are fourth-round draft picks they have starting that they never intended to start. If you block that front, you're going to have wide-open guys all over the field. And we know with what the Bears line up outside, all those guys are capable of big plays. So for the Bears, I think they'll take the same approach to Fletcher Cox that took to Aaron Donald. We're not going to let him mm-hmm. beat us. We're willing to, to, to take out an entire game plan and shove it towards Fletcher Cox. And if we hold him, we think we're going to be able to move the ball up and down the field. And I think they're probably right. Mm. Eddie Jackson going to play? Right now, it looks like he's going to try to practice tomorrow. Uh, I don't think he's going to practice today. They haven't actually they haven't released that report yet. I don't think he's going to practice today. Uh, but I, from what I've been told by people, it's going to take a lot to keep him off the field. This is this is the game 
that is the punctuation mark on the regular season. This is the game I think they have to win just to validate mm-hmm. this wonderful season. After that, you're sort of playing with house's money. You're on the road. You'll be underdogs. I think he'll be out there, and I, and I, I think the team expects him to be out there. A lot of people making some grandiose statements about what we learned about Mitchell Trubisky going into Minnesota in Week 17 and, and how that's going to translate going forward. Are, are you willing to go there, or was it beating a team that was depleted and certainly a, a huge disappointment in Minnesota end the year? Well, I was very impressed by the Bears in Week 17. I didn't expect them to play with the intensity they played with. Mitch was unbelievable on third downs against one of the best third-down defenses, if not the best third-down defense in the league. He was accurate. He was poised. He didn't get rattled in the pocket. Mitch has taken wonderful strides all year long, but I always hesitate to go super positive or super negative with him on any week. This is his first full year playing in the NFL in a brand-new system with a bunch of guys who showed up in March. I don't think we're going to be able to judge Mitch Trubisky as a player until the end of next year. The the problem for Mitch is the team got really good really fast. And now he's going to have to perform in these playoff games if they want to make a deep run because, I mean, roster for roster, who's better than them in the Mm -hmm. NFC? I mean, is the Saints roster altogether better than the Bears roster? They're certainly not better defensively. Mm -hmm. We've seen what they did to the Rams. This team can go and play in the Super Bowl, but that's going to greatly depend upon Mitch Trubisky playing on the road. I agree with you. This is a Super Bowl, Super Bowl roster. Uh, Trent's been slow to come around on his quarterback, uh, but I think he's winning him over by the weeks. Hey, uh, Jeff, thank you. I have a feeling we're going to preview the Rams and the Bears next week, and I, for one, couldn't be happier. It's one of our local teams that are still in the hunt, and I believe the Bears will be there. Thank you, Jeff Hughes. Appreciate your contribution, as always. Thanks, guys, very much. Good to talk to Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog. Should we have locked him in, Trent Condon, to preview Rams-Bears? He might be heading out to L.A. knowing Jeff. Well, we can get him before he gets on a plane. That's true. That's very true. So I guess what I was saying is, where's your confidence that there's going to be a game next week for your team? I'm feeling relatively confident. You should be. I'm normally, you know, not the most optimistic of fans. Mm -hmm. Have you learned that about me? Yeah, I have. Yeah. The Eagles secondary, Trent, is atrocious. It is. It's atrocious. Got to be able to give Trubisky time. Mm-hmm. His legs, though. It's... Oh, he's a difference maker. We were talking earlier this hour with Cappy, and I I don't know how long you can do that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Vick had ended. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, same way. How much is... Right. I, can you get away with for five years? I don't know. I think Trubisky's more than that, though. I think, of the two now, of Lamar Jackson and Mitchell Trubisky, I think Trubisky's got a chance to be He's more a lot active. further along as a pass. Totally agree with yeah. you. Yeah. Now he's been in the league longer, too. Yes, yep. But, um, I mean, it's Lamar Jackson, Sean. So, if if it's not your Bears, okay. I don't have my, my my team is out. That means the Eagles will go to the Saints and the winner of the... No, I mean, just overall. Oh, oh. Overall. Okay. If if your Bears break your heart and they don't get to play in, in this... See, I'm rooting for Phillip Rivers, I guess is where I'm going. Ah. I wouldn't mind at all. And I used to hate the Phillip Rivers, Jay Cutler, when Cutler was a Bronco and I, and, and Rivers was... I thought he was a mouthy... That's just Phillip Rivers. Even yeah. now, late in his career, he's still... You know, the the chin music, it's, it's, he's not letting up. And it's that's part of who he is. Philip Rivers has been really good for the NFL, I think. I mean, he's a, seemingly a really good guy on and off the field. I mean, how many kids of his, him and his, they number on, nine, number on the nine, way. is that what it is? It's crazy. Good for them. Um, I would be okay if the Chargers won a Super Bowl. 
I, I, I guess I'll be rooting for Philip Rivers. I think that's the one for me also. That's the team that I look at. Drew Brees has a ring. He does. I don't care about the Cowboys getting another one. No, no. Seattle has a ring. Eagles have a ring. Yeah. Baltimore has a ring. The Colts are kind of mad to me. I'm, I don't know what it is about that organization. Yeah? Doesn't do I, it for you? Yeah, it doesn't do it for me. Of course, everybody's got Patriots fatigue. Yes. Can't wait for them to... And this is it, by the way. Oh. <laughs> Boy, how many years have I heard this? I'm right this time. You are. I am right. This, I, I don't think Brady's going to play after this year. But hey, we'll save that for... we got a whole offseason to talk we about do. that. I mean, who else Kansas is there City. to root? Mm. I know you can't as a Broncos well, fan. Well, I'm better now than I was before. Little, You were a little more... Well, the Jets were gone. I mean, my my, my sports team was the Broncos. The Jets were in the desert in Arizona. I never thought they were going to come back. So I, I put all my fandom on, on the Broncos, right? But, I mean, now if they don't... Now it's splintered? No, it's if I don't care if the Broncos ever win another game in the regular season, if that means my Jets will host, hoist a Stanley Cup. I see. And if the sports gods wanted to make that deal right now, I'm good. You're, you're 0-16, sorry. <laughs> if that means there's a parade on Portage Avenue in downtown Winnipeg, sign me up. June? Is that when they finish up be, that godforsaken thing? June. Yeah. June? Yeah, I don't You'll be, be there? Yes, I will. I don't know where I'm going to get the money. <laughs> on a parade? Float? No, not in the parade. I'll I'll skip the parade. But I'm gonna be, if there is ever a game, you know, a clinching game. Yeah, I am. It's the smallest building in the league. It, it seats fifteen thousand two hundred. I think. Can you imagine what those ticket prices are going to be. Well, and I, I'm gonna guess not a real ah. robust uh, TV inventory that they have up there. No, well, it's it's. I, I, you got to be there. You got to be there. Yeah, that's my heartbeat. <laughs> Anyways, well, you get a press pass. No, you're well, covering you the game it, for KXNO. Bang, iHeartMedia. Bang, never yeah. thought of that angle. Um, yeah, let's look into that. Anyways, let's finish up this with Purdue and Iowa tonight. The number was ten when we went on the air. Well, before we yes. went on the air, it was when I first got to work. It was when I asked you, it was like eight and a half. Eight, eight. So it's, it moved two points. It was in fact seven and a half a couple spots last night. Mm-hmm. Then it's at eight. Now it's at, it was ten o'clock. It was 10 at 10. Right. Where are we now? Let's uh, pull up the old Vegas Insider and see where we currently Great website, stand. by the way. If you've, if you've never gone there, if you wonder why, where everybody gets these lines at the tip of their fingers, whether it's you know baseball even in the summertime or clearly college football or the NFL, um, college basketball, it lists how many properties does it list? Vegas properties. Uh, 14. Is it that Because there's two pages of it that you can click on. What? I never knew that. Is yes, there really? Yes, that's how you get to... As many times I've been going there, I did not <laughs> yes. know if there was two pages of it. That's how you get to my buddy Chris Andrews' shop. I never, you know what? Because South Point wasn't listed on the two. I learned something today, TC. That's what I try to do. All right. Still at 10. Yep. Pretty much consensus. And if you were going to the open up the Condon Casino... Which, yes. Which we know you are, and yeah. I'm not sure you're going to bet this game. Oh, I bet it. You already did bet it. I already bet it. I bet Iowa minus eight before... Oh, so you're sad. You told me about your angle. Well, it's it's not. It's the right. I mean, the passion and the emotion in Mackey Arena tonight are going to be off the charts, and understandably so. Yes. I mean, Tyler Trent's passing, Mr. Boilermaker, the face of college athletics in the fall, certainly. You know, I said he was the face of college football, and a couple of my friends I talked to yesterday said, more than that, bigger, bigger than that. Yeah. He's the face of college athletics for what he meant. Um, and you can't argue the fact. That's why I think that Purdue... Is going to be you know playing playing with um, a whole lot of emotion tonight, and if that plays out, because they're not very good, Trent. Purdue's no. nowhere near as good as they've been the last. Ed, Edwards years. is incredible, uh-huh. but but that's as, it. As they did in Carver last year, 
they can still shoot it. Mm-hmm. And if Iowa doesn't defend the line, this team can hit 12, 14 threes and 88, 70. See you later. I was 0 3 in the Big Ten. Yeah. And here comes Nebraska on Sunday. Off a bitter loss for them. Yes. And with I watched that game last. That was a fun game to watch. Maryland's got some guys. The Maryland's got some guys. That, Everybody's that kid, got big, guys in this league. Yeah, but that big kid, Fernando, well, he's a load. Yeah. And the freshman, Smith, he kind of got the goggles like. Kind of like Eric Dickerson. Remember the okay, goggles yeah. that Dickerson wore? The Rex Specs. Yes. He's a good player. One um, other note. Yes. Purdue is getting offshore, this is. Mm-hmm. 80% of the cash. Are they really? Yet 60% of the ticket count is on Iowa. Hmm. This is a. I think Purdue wins, but ten's a big number. Dude, they double digit Iowa. Iowa is zero and two. If Iowa was, you know, not playing for their first win in conference, then maybe a little bit. I, I can't tell you how impressed I am with Tyler Cook this year. Mm-hmm. He's been a revelation. I love Connor McCaffrey's game. We knew what we were going to get for Bohan and uh, Garza's come back from that. Uh, what was it? A tumor that they found. Yep. Um, my assist. God. Assist. Beg your pardon. Better word. Uh, he's been he's been terrific. I like this Iowa team. I don't like the fact they're zero and two, and I got a feeling they're going to be zero and three. And here comes Nebraska, and that's no picnic on Sunday. No picnic. You know what? Kansas Iowa State at least they play Saturday. They do. They they play during the worst of the wild card games. They may be done and out of the way by the time the Colts and the Texans have moved on. The and Texans we get to the Invitational. The Texans Invitational. Before game one of Wild Card Weekend. Nice job, Trent Condon, as always. We'll do it again tomorrow. Paul Allen's part of it. Mr. Executive makes it possible. Thanks for being with us. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.